Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Me, Myself and Isla Lifting the Lid on Loneliness. When I was deciding whether or not to do this podcast, I put some feelers out on social media and I was completely blown away by the response that I got. So many people reached out to say they were glad the topic of loneliness was finally being covered, shared their own experiences and many people even offered to join me for a chat. Adele Slater, a friend and someone I've also been lucky enough to work with, was one of the first people to respond to my social posts. She was also the first person to say she'd like to talk about single positivity and the importance of being able to and actually prioritise spending time alone. My conversation with Adele is a breath of fresh air and I hope it makes you feel as good as it made me feel. We talk about the potential to feel like failures in a society that favours women who are married with children, but we also share example of role models we have who are paving the way for single women. We covered single positivity and how this doesn't have to mean we aren't interested in starting relationships. It just means we don't need them to feel like the best versions of ourselves. Well, hi Adele. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. (laughs) So this is... My second recording of a podcast for me, myself and Isla. I'm not sure in which order it will go out, but I've really been looking forward to this one. So thank you so much. You will maybe not remember this. You might not know this at all. But um, when I decided to start the podcast and do a little bit of digging around loneliness, um, I put a call out for people who might be interested in speaking. And you were one of the first people to get back to me. And you were one of the first people to get back to me to say that you'd actually wanted to talk about the importance of being alone and single positivity and how you actually loved your own company. So that was awesome for a start because I didn't get too many people coming back to me with that. And then I didn't do anything with the podcast for a few weeks. It was only Christmas, I suppose, but still I knew I had to start. And then again, I bumped into you one Sunday morning when I was out for a run and you were out for a walk. And I think that morning I was feeling like a little bit flat. I wasn't feeling particularly awesome. Probably had been feeling lonely in some shape or form. You were just like, so why am I doing the podcast? And you were such a ray of positivity. And you just made me feel so ready to get started. And also in that call, I was like, I wish I could just bottle what you just said. Because I feel like so many of my single friends or so many single people out there um, would have loved to hear how awesomely you spoke. So... I'm super delighted that we're kicking things off today with you. I hope we can recreate something along the similar lines. The good news is I have no filter, so I'm sure it'll be the exact same as before. Perfect. No one needs a filter on a Sunday. And that's the thing. Actually, this is just a more informal chats again. We've both got questions. We've both got iPhones. We might do research as we go. We might not. Who knows where the conversation will go? Exactly. Names will be taken out to protect the innocent. I hope there's beeps where beeps are needed. <laughs> okay, so, yes. Thank you so much for coming along. I mean, I think, I guess, it's probably obvious now that we're going to talk about the importance of enjoying time on your own and actually how being alone can be a really good, positive thing. Um, I'm just going to start only because I suppose one of the main reasons for this podcast was coming out of lockdown um, associated with COVID-19 and probably everyone felt a little bit of loneliness. And I guess we should just start, how was that for you? How have you felt for the past two years? So I guess I was probably actually quite fortunate during the beginning of lockdown I spent a lot of my time at home and I'll be honest I did I struggled with not being alone but I struggled with I am for those who don't know me I worked in events so not only was Mm -hmm. I alone I also had my work taken away from me so all of my routine was gone and again for those who don't know me I'm always busy so I'd gone from full-time job volunteering active social life to nothing so from that side I I did find it quite difficult I was quite fortunate in the fact that I chose to go home so I moved home mm-hmm. to my parents house and I know a lot of people think um, I was 28 29 at the time that that's not the norm in society but at the same time I think what is normal we were during, we were exactly. in the middle of a pandemic and I just made the steps I had to make to help myself and I think for me, that's how I managed to get through it because I, I'm i close enough to my family that I could go home and I put that in place. I tried to put routine, make sure I had routine. Even though I actually wasn't working, I still got up every morning the same time as my mum for her going to work. I would go out for a walk every morning. I'd come back, have my breakfast. I would then go out for another walk. <laughs> <laughs> I started volunteering, so I did some work for a charity and for Women Connect. So I would spend my time trying to actively 
keep busy doing similar roles, so doing marketing-led or mm-hmm. BD-type roles and support roles, even though I wasn't getting paid for it, just for something for routine. So I still felt like yeah. I had my identity. So from that side, I guess, I wasn't massively lonely because I have... Because actually, I probably was less lonely because I went from being on my own in Aberdeen Mm -hmm. as a single person to actually going back to my family home and my mum and dad were there and I had someone to have dinner with every night so actually sometimes I quite enjoyed going out for a (laughs) walk sorry mum if you're listening to this quite enjoyed going out for a walk and putting my headphones in and not speaking to anyone because I had been used to being on my own so I guess from that side I didn't feel it overly lonely I know that a lot of my friends especially um some of my um single friends and my brother he is I assume he's still single. He was at the time, at least, and he'd just moved. He'd actually lived at home. He'd gone through a divorce and moved home. And he'd just bought his house and moved into his house. And then lockdown happened. So for him, him I guess, he'd went from a marital house yeah. to then going home to his family to then being on his own for the first time yeah. in years. But not only on his own for the first time in years, but he was now in lockdown so I guess for him he would have been quite lonely as well and mm-hmm. he spent his a lot of his time going out for walks and things and it's just a case of you know looking out for each other yeah. checking in with each other he'd, he'd never actually ever said that he was lonely but even now he he now comes home a lot more than he did before he'd been married and my mum said oh, I don't know why Michael keeps coming home and I said well maybe he's lonely yeah. You know, he's not in the office all the time anymore. Maybe he's coming home because it's nice to come and have a conversation. Yeah. I've never heard a mother com- be... <laughs> she never complained, <laughs> but I've never heard a mother question why her son was coming What's home. Wrong? <laughs> because usually they're desperate for their son to yeah. come home and see them. But she just passed comment and said, you know, he's um, coming home a lot more than usual. And I said, well, maybe he's lonely because he's now on his own and he's been married for years and then he was with you. And then he couldn't come home because yeah. of lockdown. He was in Inverurie and that meant that he couldn't come home. So, God, that's I, wild, isn't it? To think that there was a time where actually you weren't allowed, even though we were yeah. 15 miles apart, we weren't allowed to travel those distances. Nope. It's crazy to think about it. Exactly. Um, so we were in McDuff, so he had no choice. Yeah. He, he couldn't come to see us. We couldn't go. And I remember when we were allowed to, to travel for, you could travel, but you still couldn't go into homes. So we were walking around Haddo House. You know, to think that even um, our friend Michelle, like, I would drive to meet Michelle in the middle because yeah. she, you know... At the five metre perimeter yes. zone, yes, the five miles, sorry. Yes. Crazy. So and so crazy. You, you would drive to meet and walk, and but that's what you did yeah. to have the company and to speak to people. So I think lockdown was a lonely time, but it's definitely not the loneliest time that I've had in yeah. my life. So... I would agree with you, actually. I think at the first one, certainly, there was almost, and I hope I'm okay to say this, there was almost a novelty. We were, like, getting into a routine and trying to do new things, yeah. and, we were, and we were survival mode, and there were Zoom calls with your family, and eventually there was walking and things as well. Yeah. I do remember, though, when they very first said there was a lockdown coming, and I obviously live on my own team. And I do remember thinking, oh my God, I've got two days to decide. Am I on my own for this amount of time or am I moving home to my mum and dad? And yeah. same as yours, my mum and dad were like, you know, you know we can come back and stay with us. But I was like, no, I'm going to see this through. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Um, but it was such a weird time. Such a yeah. weird time. You're right. I don't ever remember feeling lonely in the first one. Um, but I do, the second time we went into lockdown, I did think, oh God, yeah, this feels a bit ropey now. Was I, that the dark, when it was in winter yeah, and it was darker, yeah, which yeah. doesn't help either. No, not at all. You're so right. But we made it. We did it. I know. And that's the thing. I think, because I actually, I actually permanently moved home on the second lockdown. I obviously thought enough is enough. Um, I knew I wanted to change change my plans. And I actually, rather than having the, I'm partly in Macduff and partly if I, if I need to go back to Aberdeen, having that space, I actually, when the second lockdown, I put my flat on the market and left. I moved home to McDuff, which was a very, maybe maybe that was, maybe that shows I wasn't coping with lockdown as well as I thought, because I uh, chose to move home to my parents' house. This is it. This is it. But I, I moved home for four months and it was probably the best decision that I made because I actually feel that making, I don't know if lockdown made me refocus how I saw things, but I actually... I don't know if it's an age thing. I'm now 30 that I've got a different outlook on life. I spent so many, t- so much time listening to podcasts and going for walks yes. when I was in furlough. But I've just, 
completely changed and actually my friends and even my friends husbands have said you know you're not the same person you were really pre-lockdown yeah a few of my friends have said it's especially one of our my friend's husband she, he was like you know you're not the same person anymore you are completely different they in what like, way do you mind me asking um so i'm more i i actually like to think of myself as a more self-aware person yeah. so i don't know it could be a few things have happened over the last two years podcast listen to different podcasts yeah. reading different books mm-hmm. um i wouldn't say de- self-development books because they're not necessarily self-development de- but reading different articles mm-hmm. looking at different journalists being a little bit more aware of myself um i also did uh i completed a course through uh rgu actually and it was on strategic leadership and although it's nothing to do with my own personal life mm-hmm. it made me look at me and my personality and my traits and how i behaved and certain behaviors and I thought actually you know there is certain behaviors that I don't want to take into work and for that to not for me to not take these behaviors into my into my workplace I have to address the bigger picture and why do I behave in this way and that made me reassess how I am and I'm just a I don't say a completely different person my friends are still the same so I'm obviously not a completely different person but I do feel that I've changed my outlook and I've changed yeah. my approach to things that's cool and you have had growth I have Personal had growth. growth I have I think it was um Dolly Alderton actually she oh, she's so good she's in my notes to talk about later too. oh I love Dolly I I mean I dropped I dropped I used to I was like I want to be Dolly when yeah. I drop and then I realized she's three years older than me and I'm like I feel <laughs> I feel like I I I I'm as close to Dolly as I'm gonna get unless something <laughs> massive happens in the next three years but she spoke about in one of her podcasts with um caroline god i can't even remember caroline's surname that's so bad she did they recorded a podcast during lockdown on oh, sex and city yeah um and it, caroline o'donoghue i don't know the second no. name but i, I, feel, I know the podcast i you feel mean, yeah. i feel like it's caroline anyway mm-hmm. poor caroline because she's also great <laughs> and one of my favorite actually one of my favorite articles that i've ever read was by caroline i'll have to send it to you and it's a letter to all my single friends i'm gonna google, google it away. So it is. Well, it's funny that you're saying that because as you're searching, I read an incredible um, Dolly Alderton's got a kind of agony ant column in the Times. Yeah. And you get it on a Sunday. And yeah. today it was a girl and a couple saying, how can I make sure that I look after all my single friends? Yeah. And she gave the most amazing advice about um, how to look after your single friends and things to consider. And Yeah. So I, I actually read Dolly every, like that's, not the only time no she's not the only reason I read the Sunday Times but she's definitely one of the main reasons I absolutely I found her advice fantastic and during one of the podcasts they spoke about whether or not to have kids and that's like Mm -hmm. as a 30 year old single woman that is like one of the biggest questions people automatically and especially again for those who don't know me from Macduff maybe should have said this at the beginning I'm originally from Macduff which is quite a traditional small town Mm -hmm. And there's certain ideas that you should or shouldn't have that, you know, you should be married by the time you're 25. You should have kids. Not being married at 30 is essentially a failure, you know. And it goes so far to say, my granny actually asked me once if I was a lesbian. Or, she, <laughs> do you know what's worse? She didn't even ask. She just assumed I was a lesbian because I wasn't married. Do you know, it's, she didn't even ask if it was just so, the conversation went. And it's obviously great if you are, there's no issues there no, at all, but that's brilliant that that's the assumption. To clarify for all the single men, listen to this, I am, yeah. <laughs> I am not a lesbian. Um, but it was just, it was the most bizarre thing ever. It was Christmas Eve, went to my granny's house and chatting about things and how my uncle had said to me, my best friend was due in the January, you know Adele, you need to catch up you're falling behind. <gasps> and uh, so I'd said, you know, so I was telling my granny that this had happened and my mom had texted him saying, you know, that's really disrespectful. It's Christmas. But yeah, did that, moving on. And my granny says, well, you know, Adele, you should have just said, me and the blonde, we're going to get married. This sh- we we're going to get engaged this Christmas, but we decided not to. <laughs> and I says, you know, granny, that's lovely, but I'm actually not a lesbian. And she was like, lesbian bisexual whatever you kids say these days as long as you're happy and I was stood there gobsmacked my granny's kitchen I already love the sound of your granny by the way she sounds amazing I'm gonna morph and turn like 50 years so I'm glad that you like her because I'm like I can already see where this is going um 
It's so funny though. Do you know what? I wasn't sure if we'd stray down the kids' path on this today because yeah. I'm 45, so significantly older than you. But for sure, it feels, and I read this this morning again before the podcast, society is definitely geared to make you feel like you have failed if you haven't done these certain things by a certain times. And that's a freaking lonely place to be, yeah. actually. And I don't think that I particularly set out to... I never had this list of things that I wanted to do, like be mad kids, and, and maybe I should have had, but I've always just kind of found my way and done my thing. But now all of a sudden I'm like, oh God, like have I done something wrong or am I being judged or, no. you know, and it's it's such a weird thing and I'm happy, but society really does set you up to feel like you've missed something or you can't live this full wholesome life because you don't have some of those things. And I for sure do feel like I have a full wholesome life, but I do feel a bit... Oh, well, did I miss a chance? Should I have tried? Was I not saying yes to enough people? No, and you have segued nicely into my piece of advice that Dolly gave me that has changed my life forever. And she spoke about it from a kid's perspective, but I see all of my life in this way. She said, you're as happy or as sad, whichever way the pendulum lands, you're as happy or as sad as you choose to make your life. Yeah, it's really wise. Yeah. And do you know what? And she meant it from a, you can have kids... Mm-hmm. And that is what society tells you. You you can have your kids, but you might not actually be happy. Yeah. And the same, you could not have kids and you could have a fantastic life. Yeah. If you enjoy traveling or, you know, the freedom to go and do whatever you want at the drop of a hat, not mm-hmm. having kids could be perfect for you. Yeah. But your life's as happy or as sad as you choose to make it. And yeah. that's a really, I think that's been kind of like, it's been life-changing for me, not to bore people by going into my me and my washing but yesterday I realized that I thought I'd been I thought I'd been putting on weight and yesterday I discovered that actually I've been shrinking my clothes because I've got a new new wash I've got a new wash machine and I was putting it on a washer dryer cycle I've had this feeling <laughs> and I put it in the washer dryer cycle <laughs> and instead of being sad that I've you know shrunk literally I've had the washing machine for six weeks so I've literally shrunk most of my clothes I decide I've decided to look at the positive that a I've not been putting on weight yeah. and b I realized as I turned on the washing machine with all of my new jumpers so <laughs> I was able to pause it and I and so saved I've saved four brand new jumpers whereas the, the clothes that I've shrunk not necessarily so that's a perfect example of regardless of your circumstances you can yeah. be you can see it as a positive or negative and regardless of Whatever your situation, whether you're single, married, in a relationship or not, your life can be as happy or as sad as you choose to make it. You just have to have that control and awareness and to try and, if you're not happy, why aren't you happy? And and have that awareness and think, why aren't you happy? How can I change? Is there things I can do? Is there people I can speak to? Yeah. And that's the important thing. Yeah, it's so great. And then also in there um, is... The grass isn't always greener. That's something I think as well. I think it's like we both know across the years, I'm sure we've both had couples and who have not been happy. We think that, or certainly in the past, I've definitely thought, oh God, it'd be so good, you know, if I was with someone just now, I'd be have like a partner in life and things wouldn't seem so big or so scary, but then it's, you know, partnerships are not easy or perfect either. And they have problems and issues and actually there's some people who are on the theme of loneliness just as lonely in their partnership yep. as they might be and possibly even lonelier. 100%. So I, on Tuesday night, I had one of the worst days ever. I had back-to-back meetings, things going wrong at work. I had doctors and I had the hospital on the Wednesday. I was freaking out about, over that and I just had a full-blown meltdown and I thought, God, if I had something, you know, there's no one here to comfort me. If I mm-hmm. had someone, this would be much better. And I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? And then the next day I spoke to my friend on the way to the gym. And she was like, why did you not phone? And then spoke to my boss that day. And I realised I actually have a wealth of people around me that yeah. are my support system. And I don't need, I don't need to have a boyfriend there to be the person to hold my hand. Because yeah. I actually have built... Yeah, you know, I have spent yeah. the time and I've built this life, and I have a great. I know that everyone's busy, and you think, oh God, I don't want to be, you know, like for example, Emily go to the gym with her, and she's got a boyfriend, and it's like, oh, you, I could look at it and go, I don't want to be a bother to her because yeah. she has her own things going on, and she's busy, and she's got a job, and this and that. But actually, everyone's there to help, and everyone yeah. wants to help, and I think, regardless of your friend's situation, if they knew that you needed help, they would be there and. Although it's not what you would class as your traditional support system, 
that doesn't mean to say that it's wrong. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you actually. And I think, and I don't know, maybe you were potentially going to go there with one part of this as well. Like, I find it quite difficult to ask for help and I find it quite difficult to call someone and say, fuck, I've had a really shitty day. Yeah. You know, can I just come and talk to you? But then I also know the other side of the coin is when we're saying, you know, everyone's got their own crap to deal with, but actually nothing can bring you out of your own crap more than helping a friend. Yeah. So if a friend does call you in need and actually needs some, sometimes that's the best possible thing because you park your own stuff when you can just dive into helping them. So I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. And I think, like like you'd said about, sometimes you can be in like, I mean, if any of my exes are listening to this, they'll all be rolling their <laughs> eyes. I promise it's not you. If you think it's you, I promise it's not you that I'm talking about. I spent so much of my time trying to force, not even boyfriends, guys that I dated, guys I wasn't even interested in, and I knew I didn't want to go on a date, and I'm thinking, well, you know, Adele, you're getting to an age, you yeah. really need to, and everyone's like, oh, you know, he's a nice guy, and I mean, if I could throw a stone, like, you could not... <laughs> Every single one of my friends, I cannot throw a stone and not hit one of them that said, oh, I've got someone that's perfect for you. Why are they perfect? Because they're single. And that is, like, yeah, you know, Laura. That's the only prerequisite. <laughs> shout out to Laura. She's the only one that's actually threw me a life one that I would want to keep. Um, <laughs> all the rest of them just keep going, oh, you know, Adele, this person's perfect for you. Well, why are they perfect? Oh, well, they've got a job and, you know, they're single. <laughs> And that's all that dictates on, on why I'd want to go on a date with them. And for a while, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll go on a date. Or, you know, a guy would ask me, and they're like, you know, you should give him a chance because, yeah, you know, sometimes they're like, well, give him a chance because he's tall and he's got a good job. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I don't fancy him, but he's tall, so let's give it a go. And it's just terrible. And I'm now at the point, I think... I'm quite happy on my own. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to be, just to clarify, it's not that I'm not looking for a relationship. It's just I'm not willing to settle. And especially, yeah. I think, when you people always say, oh, you know, when you're old, you start to get too fussy and it's you're set in your own ways. And I don't think it is that you're set in your own ways. I think, to an extent, it's you know yourself and you know what you want to, what you want from life and you understand, you know, you've already grown. Whereas quite often when you meet someone at an, someone at an early age, you grow together and I guess that's why there's a lot of divorces as well because you grow as a person you yeah. sometimes grow apart yeah and it can go one of two ways um I quite often joke and I don't know if my mom really appreciates that I've just <laughs> avoided my first divorce by not getting married before exactly. I'm 30 that's perfect <laughs> I don't know if she actually finds it funny but I do believe that I've just avoided my first divorce yeah. by not getting married because I'm sure I could have I, yeah. I'm sure if I really wanted to settle down and had he chosen to stay with some of the people I wasn't particularly happy with or continue to date someone yeah. who had the job and was tall, was tall. And <laughs> I, that I didn't particularly fancy, I could have been married with kids, but I yeah. don't necessarily agree I would have necessarily been that happy. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny that you say that because I was going to say this as well. When people say, oh, you're too fussy or you need to lower your standards, like, why? Like, what should I? Like, I, for one, know that if I like someone or have a connection with them, like, you just know. Yeah. And that's the kind of feeling I want. And I don't want to try and force that or persevere with something if that's not there and I feel like that's okay but I feel like I get punished for it from people yeah and kids to be fair I I've tried the force I've tried to force it and it gets to the point and it's not fair on them either exactly how would like yeah. I would be mortified if I thought someone was continuing to go on dates with me and they were forcing themselves to spend yeah, time with me yeah. because they were scared to be alone yeah and I actually I I feel so much better now that I don't force myself yeah. to go on the dates or but then equally it's I, I will go on a date it's mm -hmm. but I won't force myself to continue to date someone if I'm not interested yeah you and, can tell you know um my friend Morvin you you know Morvin yeah. um she laughs because you know I can be quite cut still she's like once you're in you're in I'll always you know love and support and protect anyone but she was like you're quite cut so if a guy if, if it, you're in or you're out and you're very clear to let them know and they, <laughs> they just don't get a chance but then equally, if I'm interested, I will yeah. I will give them a chance and I am quite adaptable and I will compromise. But if I'm not interested, I can sometimes come across quite harsh. And I guess sometimes some people would say that's because I've been alone for too long. But I don't think that it is. I think it's just that I know yeah. what I want and what I don't yeah. want. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not at all. And you're you're only 30. Exactly. You don't do it for too long. You don't have to just show okay, take the next thing that comes along. <laughs> exactly. Well... Not to not to bring my granny up again, but there was one day and she said to me, and it took it actually took three days for it to sink in, and she said to me about one of my 
distant cousins and she says you know all the guys and hats she, she now lives alone with her mum and her dad because all the guys with the hats came past and she was too fussy because she thought she was too good for them then all the guys in the caps came past and she thought that they were too fussy she was too fussy she thought she was too good for them and now she lives alone with her mum and her dad and a cat and I was like of course there's always a cat <laughs> and I was like and I was like oh that's a nice story and I never thought anything about it and it's so the, the moral for because I, I didn't really realise so she's meaning the guys with the hats are the guys with the good jobs and okay. the, she thought she was too good for the guys with the good jobs the corporate and then the guys with the caps the working class I guess is what she's trying to say based on you know we're speaking years and years ago that they've all come past and that she thought she was far too good for them so she's ended up with nothing because she was so fussy and I was like that's a nice story and then it was I can still remember it was like because <laughs> we were sad it was like the day after it was like the day of my granny my, my other granny it was the day of her funeral and afterwards and we were sat and there were so many other things happening that I didn't quite process and like three days later I was sat at home and I paused the tv and I was like did granny warn me that I'm gonna become a spinster <laughs> and my mom was like oh Christ I thought we I thought you were just gonna let it pass and I would have gone so I when I I had just bought my house and I was just finished uni so I was 22 when my mom when my granny was giving me oh this, my God. this this A pedal, tiny child. <laughs> this pedal of advice so just to for for anyone who's single and thinks that their their granny's judging them unless you're from McDuff I can guarantee she's definitely not judging <laughs> you, you for, <laughs> judging you for being single but yeah I would have been at a push 23 oh my goodness and that was and that was her then. But I suppose that was like the norm then, wasn't it? You kind of did have your family by the time you were like 22, 23. She was married at 16. Yeah, yeah, She's, yeah, yeah you know, and my mum, she was like 22, 23. And it's just a different, a different world. And I think, I guess that's one of the things I wanted to speak about on the podcast is the fact that the world has, is changing and it has changed. And it's not even... It's changed in all sense. Yeah. All senses, you know, if you think, well, even when I was in primary school, you didn't really hear about, or I mean, I was from Duff, so to clarify, maybe when I was in primary school, you did hear about people being gay, but you definitely didn't hear about it in Macduff. So that wasn't mm-hmm. classed as a normal thing to hear about. Whereas yeah. now, there's so many different orientations or um, even people are you know gender's not even mm-hmm. black and white anymore yeah. everything's so fluid and there's so many things have changed and what 20 years ago wasn't normal mm-hmm. is now normal yeah. now and I think that's where and I mean when I when I speak about si- single positivity I wouldn't even say that that's particularly a new topic I think it's just something that it's becoming more popular and I think it's something that the more that people speak about it, the more that it becomes a thing and I think yeah. Because for years, and I was miserable, and like I say, trying to shoehorn in, because I always thought, I can't buy a house, I can't, you know, I can't go on holiday, I can't do this, yeah. I can't do that, and that, oh, I'm going to spend my Saturday nights alone because all of my friends are in relationships, and actually, I spend every Saturday night with my friends in relationships, and that's probably why I'm single, because I'm never <laughs> out, but um, I, over the last maybe year, I made an active, an active choice, and so rather than... Before, I used to always try and force things and try and be with people that wouldn't necessarily be right or this or that and try and force things. I was unhappy, they were unhappy. I'm sure if you ask enough people, there would be, I'm sure there'd be a story out there. But I'm just, I just see it completely differently now. And I, rather than investing my time trying to fix something that, for something that doesn't work or trying to fix something that's broken, I've invested my time in other things. So I spend more time reading I do a lot of different things that I maybe wouldn't have dedicated the time mm-hmm. before I'm I mean a lot of my friends can tell you when I was in a not even just in relationships but about 10 probably between the last five and ten years I would have been quite needy at times I would have mm-hmm. been a needy friend and I would have been lonely to a point but it was because I probably didn't really understand exactly what I wanted or where I wanted to be and at the same mm-hmm. time I was listening to you know my granny telling me I was a yeah. spinster at 22 yeah, yeah. um well Ellie's three so that means that when Abby was pregnant that was four years ago so again I was only 26 so for my granny to assume that I was a lesbian at 26 because I wasn't married and that my uncle thought I was falling behind 
because I wasn't married and having kids yeah. at 26. And that kind of shows how that was a really lonely place because I yeah. kept trying to force things that yeah. didn't necessarily work. Whereas now, I, and I'm not big-headed at all, I'm actually the opposite, but I understand my worth and I understand what yeah. I'm willing to, to accept and I invest my time in other things. I spend time actually getting to know my friends' boyfriends as well, which I know sounds really strange, but I quite happily spend time mm-hmm. with my friends and their boyfriends and or husbands even. You know, a lot of my friends are married and they have kids and before it would have been like, well, you know, I can't spend time with... You, as a single person, you shouldn't go and have dinner with, a fr- with your friend that's a couple because that's strange, but actually... Couples have dinner with couples, so I don't understand how. Yeah. Um, so I just... It's funny that you say that, because only this morning I saw something on Instagram and it said, if you're not seeing your best friend's partner as an opportunity to make another best friend, then you're doing it wrong. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, actually, if you keep your heart open to all these things, that's another person in your life. And it sounds like you've got that yeah, already with one, some of your friend's partners. 100%. And even so there's, um, like, Mark, Emily's boyfriend... I'll message Mark about cars. I don't even... So before, I probably would have went through Emily and said, well, can you ask Mark if this is a good car or whatever. But I now just speak directly to Mark. And a couple of weeks ago, I'd we were speaking about boys or whatever. And I said, would you think that guys and girls can be friends? And he was like, well, you're my friend. And I thought, oh, I am your friend. <laughs> and But I would quite often on a Saturday night, I would happily go and spend, yeah. you know, and have dinner and drinks with Emily and Mark and go around... But I would quite happily go and spend a Saturday night with them and I wouldn't mm-hmm. find it strange, whereas maybe five years ago, yeah. because that was dictated, that that was strange, that I would be like, yeah. oh, I can't do that. Like you were whereas, lonely yeah. and it wasn't okay to go and do that. Yeah, and I would rather, and five years ago, I would have never even suggested going to have yeah. time with my friends and their husbands because I'd be like, oh, well, you know, they're busy. Third wheel. Yeah, and yeah. you can't be a third wheel, but I don't actually think that's necessarily the truth. No, not at all, not at all. You said something in there as well, and I wonder if this is all connected. Again, on Instagram, Stephen Bartlett. I'm late to the party with yeah. him, but he's amazing. I've seen him share a couple of posts now, and the same phrase has been in there every time. Your self-love must always be stronger than your desire to be loved by others. And, like, I have felt that this year. For the, yeah. Actually, the penny has dropped on me this. It's like... It's not to say, um, you know, you can only be loved if you love yourself, but actually if you can, like, love yourself a little bit more, like, it's way more important to do the work on yourself um, and do things that are good for you and think good thoughts and put yourself in good situations and build good connections. And then you need all these things a little less. And tying into neediness yeah. thing that you said as well, again, I um, saw a counsellor quite recently and he's like, I think the stronger you are in yourself the more confident not the more confident but the more you know yourself the happier you are the more you're doing things that enrich your life the more kind of people can come and go and you don't need them to stay and because actually you're self-sufficient on your own and you you can be happy and still be compassionate and you still feel pain and all these things but you've got a good sense of self-worth and so yeah so partners are you don't need them no to complete you and just I think some of that is what you were seeing in there too yeah and I've so I've had conversations with some of my friends some of them even who are quite recently married so it's not like I'm saying oh my friend's been married for the last 20 years mm-hmm. and that she's unhappy she's blissfully happy she's so in love and she's said to her partner you know I'm with you because I love you and I want to be with you I'm not with you because I need you and I think that's one of the most important things yeah that I've taken away from Probably from lockdown, and I had quite a, quite a bad breakup as well, pre just before lockdown, or and it kind of fed into lockdown. Um, and for me, it's like, I want to be with someone because I want to be with them, yeah. not because I need to be with them. And that's where I now have, and I wouldn't say it's barriers or boundaries. I think it's just that you're saying the self respect. Yeah. I actually I'd been dating a guy, um, pretty casually, but still seen him for about three months, and he wasn't giving me the respect that I deserved and I actually said to him you know I'm a nice person I'm actually quite funny mm-hmm. I'm hard working I've got good morals I have a nice I have a nice flat I have a nice car I have a good job you know in all accounts if you were going to go through and tick boxes I have, you know I am I love this by the way yeah I, know, I went through someone in the future <laughs> yeah I just went through and I was like you know um I am all these things to some people that would be that would be a catch uh-huh. And I was like, you know, if you're not going to give me the level of respect or attention that I want, 
then that's like we have to part ways and that's not that what you want or what I want is different or bad is sorry what you want or what I want is bad it's just that it's different yeah. how you want to treat people and how I want to be treated is two different things and it's not that one or the other is better it's just different yeah. and I'm now at the point that I can see that it's not that I'm I don't try and pigeon my ho- pigeonhole myself into something anymore yeah. Um, one one of the younger girls at my work had said to me, "Oh, do you not get nervous going on dates? What if they don't like you?" And I was like, "Well, if I don't, they don't like me, then that's frankly their problem." Do you know? <laughs> I and, love that. And that's not in a people must like me and people will like me. It's it's not. It's that I'm happy and confident in yeah. who I am. And if we don't get on, then we're not meant to be. Yeah, and also you don't stay with everyone you meet. No, nope. like, you don't. Do you know? You can't instantly marry everyone you meet. So the chances are, the more people you get there, the more rejection there's going to be. There are more things yeah. that aren't going to work out. But that's okay. And if but the, if someone doesn't want to be with me, then that's fine. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's where I'm always like, you know, there's no hard feelings. I would rather that we were open and honest from the beginning rather than mm-hmm. it being awkward, which is again why going back to Morvan saying that I'm cutthroat but I always make sure that people know yeah because I don't want for them to be sat thinking oh is she just because I'm a very busy person I don't want them to think oh is she just busy she's not texting back because she's busy so I'm like look just so you know I'm not actually interested so well done nice... for not ghosting anyone by the way oh, I just recently ghosted someone I'm not that <laughs> um if he's listening I'm so sorry um <laughs> but I'm just too busy and he's not kind of getting the hint I'm like I'm just going to stop replying it's fine yeah. um, but I generally and I've never met him before so I kind of but if I yeah. especially if I've gone on a date I think that it's always fair to say Luke yeah. it was so nice meeting you we just don't gel and that's okay and I think that's an acceptable thing to say yeah. and I think people don't necessarily want to say it because it's an uncomfortable conversation but actually leaving is, it's really it's quite harsh actually to leave someone wondering whereas yeah. if you can say look it was so nice meeting you I'm really sorry but actually we just didn't gel you yeah. can you can buffer and say I'm really busy at work but we all know that when someone says oh I'm really sorry I'm, I don't want to go on another date because I'm really busy at yeah. work they know that if I actually do because you make time for things you, you make want to time do. for things you want to do so regardless of how busy you are at work you would still manage to fit in a, a half an hour coffee or yeah. whatever it is um so no I think it's uh I think it is it's funny well I think we both mentioned that we'd read the guardian bizarrely enough in advance of yeah. this today um and so I think the an article that I had read was I think we've probably covered quite a lot on it but it was um it was definitely feelings of shame and inadequacy that you're not um that you're not living your life the way that you should be and actually this was from a single woman who was like like this all needs to change and she's spoken about some role models and I think you were going to touch on some of them yeah. as well like some of the people that are out there like Jennifer Aniston you mentioned yeah I mean for me I think again not to dwell back too much on like coming from Banff but it is it's and you know it's a big thing and especially when you go back home and even just being a part of the conversations and people will speak about things without even realizing they're speaking about things and people go oh you know and you, you know and I, I can still remember speak, someone speaking about one of my friends and saying you know she's almost 30 and she's not married yet how sad and I'm now 30 and I think well are they now having that conversation about me and they probably are but they can't see the other side of yeah. of what I'm up to because, you know, they're back home, they don't see my life, they don't see how much fun I have yeah. or that they maybe think that I'm naive and that I'm not settling down and I'm not growing up and I don't think that's necessarily the case because no way. I have quite an important job and, yeah, you know... Yeah, you've created your job. And I'm really hardworking, so I don't think it is that I'm not settling down, I'm not growing up, I think it's just that I'm not willing to, like we said, you know, I'm not willing to compromise mm-hmm. and I think... There's so much around, so I've, I actually, so I read a couple of articles, one was um, quite recently, one was through the Sunday Times and that was about single positivity and the other one actually when I was reading up on single positivity was all about, that was the Guardian one, mm-hmm. that was about Emma Watson, about how she was self-partnered and how she spent a lot of her time feeling anxious and shamed because she was almost 30 and she wasn't married and she didn't have kids and when I read it I thought, God, how many people in the world, regardless of their age, would love to be Emma Watson? Yeah. You know, and if that's a feeling that she's having yeah. because of society, that just shows that it's not, you know, I was going to say single to me, ironically, but it's it's not just my, me or how I'm feeling. Yeah. And there will be a lot of people who feel that way. And I think, like I said about how society's changed and the norms now changing, I think people previously would have said, you know, it's at the age of 30. And again, when you look at like Bridget Jones mm-hmm. and... 
when you look at even Carrie Bradshaw wasn't actually a success until she got with Big. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you look at things like that and then how we, we touched briefly on Jennifer Aniston, how we spent all this time looking at, again, poor Jen could never get a man. I know, could never keep a man. a hard time. Yeah. Just for like living a slightly different path that's not even that different anymore. But she's had such a hard time because of it. Yeah, and that, you know, poor Jen and we we're always waiting and hoping that Jen could get a man. Yeah, has I, she had a baby? Will ha- she have a baby? Yeah, oh. and you think, God, again, just to go back, how many people would yeah. want to be Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. I wished at the age of 30 I looked like Jen at yeah. 50. <laughs> so She's amazing. But it just shows, and that's, you know, a bit of society, but it's a bit to do with society, it's a bit to do with the media. I think there's so many perceived constraints, and I think actually sometimes it's in your own head. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's necessarily that other people are thinking it. I think there will still be some people, the same as with all matters of life as society changes there will still be more traditional people that will believe certain things and I think it's the same with single positivity and whether or not you're married by a certain point or if Mm -hmm. you want to have kids I have so many friends that actually don't want to have kids yeah me too now actually I think so again my mom will probably hate herself that she said this and she said it from a young age she said the worst thing you can do is to bring a child into the world when you don't want it. Yeah, that's really and true. I feel like my mum said that as well, actually. Well, maybe that's why we're yeah. here today. <laughs> Our mums will be listening to this podcast thinking I'm going to be more careful about what I speak about in the future. But, it's, you know, it's really freeing because it's taken that pressure off because I'm. it's not that I don't want to have kids, it's that I haven't met someone that I want to have kids with just yeah. now. And, you know, people always go, I actually, I met someone on Monday in I only met her once before and she had her, her seven-month-old with her and she's speaking away to the baby and, you know, so I got a, got a wee hold and I was playing with her and she's oh, you're a natural. She was like, sorry, if I never even thought. She was like, do you have kids? And I was like, no. And she was like, oh, you're a natural. And I'd said that most most people, friends or not friends, when they see me with kids, they go, God, Adele, it's such a shame. If you don't have kids, that would be such a waste. Oh, I've had that too with so many times. And I'm going... I'm also really good at my job, but no one says it's a waste for yeah. me to, to cowbosh my career. You know, yeah. because in reality, and that's a, a totally different topic and we're not going to get into that one too much, but women still have to take, you know, their careers yeah. do take a backseat to have kids and we want to have it all and we try to have it all, but you can't necessarily have it all in perfect measures. Yeah. And that causes so much anxiety. And I think... Sorry to interrupt you, but I no, just... I, not, I, I think, just don't believe in what you're saying. I think it's something that for any single people just now listening, thinking, God, I really want to... I wish I was married and I had kids, but, you know, especially those with great careers, you know, there's women that are married with kids and they're unhappy. Yeah. Because I'm quite... I, I always refer to myself as a Monica or type, a very type A person. I have to have everything perfect. And I'm very particular about things and... Actually, a few of my friends that are, or not friends, but people that I know that are um, similar to me, they've been unhappy because they're married. It's not not in their marriage, but they're unhappy because they're trying to be a mum and they're trying to be the best they can be in their career and they're trying to mm-hmm. be the best they can be as a mum. And they're trying to, to keep themselves at a level that's expected in society or yeah. how they feel that they should be in society. And then they're miserable because they're continuing to try, continually trying to be something that they can't achieve. Yeah. And that's because they're putting pressures. And I think it's important to, like you were saying, the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. It's important to think it's not, the grass isn't greener. Yeah. Although we have our problems and, you know, maybe you feel lonely or this or that. Equally, people can feel lonely for other reasons yeah. or they can feel stressed or anxious or that they're a failure, you know. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to remember that it's not one size fits all and you're not single or you're not, one, you're not a failure if you're single. Two, you're not the only person that feels like you're a failure. And it it's not to a particular group or yeah. a t- particular scenario. There's people all across the world for different reasons will feel that they're a failure for whatever reason. Yeah, and it's funny, actually. I've got so many things to go back on what you said. I don't even know if I remember them all. But actually, um, all the various... I, I had so many emails from um, people who had just become new parents and how lonely that was, people whose parent, whose children were just about to leave the home and how lonely that was. Like, so, so much isolation associated with being a parent and having a family mm-hmm. as well. So, like you say, the grass is not greener. And when we're talking about single positivity as well, we're definitely not saying 
oh yeah single forever like this is it no. it's just more like actually we need to talk about this more and it needs to be okay yeah that people shouldn't feel bad because we are lacking role models and like, i had a conversation with someone that i trust not so long ago and it was just like oh i wish there were more people that i could relate to that were in my situation and he's like why you don't need that. Like, be the person that people yeah. can relate to in your situation. And I think maybe that's what we are coming through as, is that we are probably this first generation where all of a sudden there are more women on their own for whatever reason by choice than, than ever before. And so I guess we're trendsetters. Well, groundbreakers. <laughs> maybe. Um, definitely for our... Definitely for the area that we live in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So I feel, and I, I studied quite a lot about subcultures at uni for my degree, and I think we're kind of in a bubble. And again, the further north you go, yeah, the smaller the bubble and the more constraints constraints you maybe feel. And I think it is. I would say that is the case. And again, just to touch on what you're saying, it's not because I mean, again, there will be people like I've seen Adele on all of the dating apps, and that is fine because. It's not that I'm not looking to meet someone. It's like you're saying, you know, being happy to live your life. And I think one, I don't know about your article, but the article in the Sunday Times touched on people put their lives on hold looking for a relationship. And then they're so unhappy trying to find the relationship so that they can live their life. And they feel Mm -hmm. that they're not able to live their life until they have a partner to complete them. Yeah. But actually, it's like you're saying, you know, being, it's so funny that you said about being well-rounded and being self-sufficient and Mm -hmm. then when people come and leave because people can come and leave for whatever reasons and I'm not speaking as in you could be married and someone could choose to leave you people can come and leave for all reasons people can get ill so many things can happen that you have no control over but if you have that element of being self-sufficient and having you know like you're saying loving yourself being able to spend time I used to struggle on a Saturday the weekend if I had no plans automatically I would drive straight home to McDuff. I could not spend my time in Aberdeen because I could not be alone. I just, mm-hmm. because I saw it was a failure, I saw that I was sat in on a Saturday night yeah. on my own. Whereas I tell you now, try and drag me out on a Friday night. I know you I know will. We next, about this. next week you will be dragging me out on a Friday night. But generally I'm thinking, God, a Friday night, I just want to, and I mean, we can blame Michelle for this one to clarify. Yeah. We both would rather be in on Friday night, but Michelle only has a Friday night slot available. So we're going to make. We, but she's also our friend with the partner who's also our friend. Yes, so. exactly. So, you know, we're going to make allowances and go out on a Friday. But it's, um, yeah, I just think it's so strange. And I guess maybe we are see things differently because yeah. we're of an age that we are we are at an age that we are single and we are seeing things and society is changing so maybe we are kind yeah. of especially up here seeing it slightly different than other people but I think my main thing to die took away from the article is that the media tends to portray that if you are single at a certain age I like I mean I keep reading things and thinking oh god I'm now old which it just happened overnight and I didn't even think that I was old and reading... you're so tiny as well you're not even old so I if know. you're feeling that that's crazy like I was reading again it was a Sunday Times article and it was about eyebrow shapes and they said you know thin eyebrows are back and I thought oh god oh, thin eyebrows are article. back <laughs> and they said you know anyone anyone older so if you're 30 or above <laughs> you're too old for thin eyebrows and I thought oh my god I'm now old because I can't even <laughs> I'm too old to fit with the trend of having thin eyebrows and I just you know it's bizarre and I think maybe it is an age thing I don't know but I I'm now much more comfortable in my own time and my own skin I kind of think you know I'm happy with where I'm at and if I meet mm-hmm. like I want to meet someone and when I meet someone it will be because they, they, they're aligned with what I want yeah. in life rather than because they're tall and they've got a good job <laughs> the two prerequisites that still makes me laugh sometimes it's not even a good job just they have a job just tall to be honest tall sometimes they're not even tall which is the funniest one you know it's like singles usually they're like yeah he's he's, he's single yeah (laughs) does he have his own teeth you know age is the age appropriate actually at least your friends are putting you forward because I don't think any of my friends have come in fact do you think you're the one person that's come to me and I said know. I've got someone for you and to be fair I'm gonna corner you about him later because he and that's funny because I love that I was like let's do this podcast this is a great idea and by the way I've actually met someone who's perfect and I not to dwell on him too much because god he probably will listen to this and know I'm speaking about him but 
I went on the date and I left and I thought, he's perfect for Isla. And I actually said to Michelle, how do we get him in front of Isla? Is it inappropriate to say to him, I, I'm... Because I gave him the, the same text, you know, so nice meeting you, but I actually, I'm, you know, we're not. And I was honest, and yeah. I said, you know, because he's a little bit older, and I said, you know, you're at a different point in your life than I am, and I don't think mm-hmm. long term it would work, so, you know, in the nicest way possible. Yeah. You know, I said, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I just don't think it'll work. But he's such a great guy, and I actually thought he would have been perfect for you, so <laughs> maybe I'll be like, I'll maybe tell him about the podcast and get him to get him to tune in, he can make his call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forget where we were going there. Who knows? Who knows? Well, all I do know is that I think probably our time is almost up on this, Adele. I feel like I could talk and talk and talk to you for so long. But we have replicated the way you made me feel on that Sunday morning when I was out running. Like, you're just so... And it's not... It's positive, but then that sense that we've got a forced positivity and it's not like you just... I love how you just embrace being alone you don't need anyone you've built up your networks you you know what you like you've invested in you like so many good messages from this podcast Adele like if I had to ask you to share some advice to someone that was feeling um a bit lonely or a bit alone or is single and is not feeling good about it like what what advice would you give to them so first of all speak to your friends yeah definitely speak to your friends and if you can't get the support or the feeling of if you, if your network and your support system isn't helping then you need to get new new friends and I don't mean new friends as in get rid of your old friends but you need to widen your circle yeah so it's not necessarily that your friends are bad or wrong or that you know that they're not there for you but if you if they can't give you the level of support or or attention that you need mm-hmm. as well as reflecting on yourself you know add to your circle yeah you can yeah. you know I have I have to say I have so many friends I actually don't have a massive circle of friends mm-hmm. but I have a good circle of friends and I probably again over the last two three years my friend group has probably halved in size but the friends that I have are real close friends that I can rely on and that I can go to yeah. um so that would be my first one secondly you're not alone absolutely you feel is you will feel alone and I get why you feel alone even you know this week and I because I don't always have my stuff my life together this week when I was having my meltdown I thought oh my god I'm so alone even if like you know things like the amount of money I could save if I have if I was not paying my flat on my own <laughs> the amount of money all. I could save um but just like even things like you know I've had issues I've had issues this week there's been homeless people in our block and I'm thinking god even if I had a boyfriend that could go out and deal with this for me so everyone has these thoughts you're not alone yeah don't suffer in silence don't and again don't get in your head and that's easier said than done but try not overthink it or think that you're single because of a particular reason the reason you're single is because you've not met the right person yet and that's I mean I'm saying that and I'm single so I'm not there's nothing worse than you know, your, your married friend saying, oh, you know, there's plenty of fish in the sea, you've just not met the right person. But you have to, I guess, you have to know what you want and you have to be mm-hmm. able to work on yourself and be happy with yourself. And I think that's a massive, I, I find that really attractive. I think there's nothing worse than a needy man. There's yeah. nothing worse than someone that I can't get rid of. A needy anyone. A needy anyone. Yeah. And my friends will laugh because I used to be the neediest person ever. <laughs> so, but work on yourself. You know, yeah. if you're feeling lonely, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Listen to podcasts. I was going to say podcasts, such a big thing for anyone who's suffering from loneliness. And it sounds like you and I have both been submerged in podcasts yeah. recently. Again, we've mentioned Dolly Elderton. Um, Fern Cotton, loads of them. Like, they're a brilliant way yeah. of feeling connected and hearing that other people have gone through similar experiences to you. I tell you, and it's funny that this is the, the title of the podcast, but particularly if it's single females listen to this podcast just now, My Therapist Ghosted Me yeah. is a fantastic podcast. You'll feel like they're your friends. And actually, Joanne McNally, so Joanne's a comedian, she's single, she's in her 40s, mm-hmm. and she touches on a lot of topics. And it kind of helps you realise that actually you're not alone yeah um the high low is no longer r.i.p was i, was I <laughs> cannot believe they stopped it during lockdown i thought right when you need well, them um, just when you need them the most they stopped their podcast but again go back and listen to their back catalog the high low is fantastic dolly is great there's yeah. so many podcasts that you can listen to and it doesn't have to be you know i find ferns once can sometimes be a bit self-help-esque yeah. whereas you know 
um, the high low touches on it's not even female topics Me, like you know a few of my friends boyfriends like the high yeah. low as well you know listen listen to different podcasts listen to yeah, people's anything lives. that interests you yeah. almost pick a, pick a theme because I listen to friends quite a lot and I tend to go down because of my associations with mental health yeah. I tend to go down that kind of route but the most important thing is like pick something you're interested yeah, in yeah 100% mm. and it might be a sport it could be sports it could be anything yeah. it does not have to be a particular thing but I think when you listen to podcasts you can see yourself and you can see yeah. elements of yourself or yeah. how you're feeling in these podcasts yeah and it takes away the loneliness because yeah. you can see and the advice that they're their conversation the advice that they're giving someone if it is that it's a letter in from the public kind of helps you there will be parts in yourself that you see and you'll go yeah actually I feel seen yeah I get that <laughs> yeah I get that I listened to it was um no, I don't think it was Dolly. I think it was Pandora. I did an interview with mm-hmm. Marion Keys. Maybe it was Dolly. I mean, I tend to be... They're little... all in the mix. They're all they? in the mix. They all interview each other. They, all, they do all interview each other. And Marion spoke about how she self-sabotaged for years and she would go through all of these relationships that she was unhappy with. And it was actually the root of the, the problem wasn't the guys, it was her. And mm-hmm. she, was deliberately peaking, she was deliberately picking people and finding behaviours because she and herself didn't feel that she yeah. was worthy and until she could work through it she then couldn't and she's now happily married and she's been married for years and she's when you hear her speak about her husband she's very much in love and it's it, you know yeah. even that in itself was refreshing because back then you know she's mm-hmm. saying like you know for years she was so unhappy and she was lonely and she had all of these self-sabotaging behaviors mm-hmm. but that was because of how she was and how she felt and until she yeah. worked on herself she couldn't she didn't find anyone and that's because she kept repeating the same behaviour. So I think yeah. if you do, and I, I guess that's probably, maybe that's why I'm single just now because I'm choosing to be single just now. I actually took a break from dating because I was so busy in my own life and I thought, I can't give up where I'm at just now. I don't have the time to dedicate to someone else and it's not fair on me and it's not fair on them and it's going to add um, an extra pressure, but that's because I've come out the other side. Mm-hmm. But if it is that someone's feeling lonely and you know you're thinking god i keep struggling to find someone i can't go on all these dates and it never works and maybe take some time there's no there's absolutely no harm yeah take some time reflect on yourself why are you unhappy is there things that you want to improve mm-hmm. meditate do you know yes i i mean i don't meditate as much i I sometimes paint the picture as if to say I do yoga every night and meditate <laughs> and journal i absolutely i absolutely absolutely do not do it regularly and i am my own worst enemy when I'm busy at letting some of my routines slide and then get to the point of that I feel almost burnt out and I pull myself back again and I think it is having that self-awareness and I think that if if you are feeling lonely and you are feeling that you can't find someone it's taking the time to realize Mm -hmm. well maybe you don't need someone just now do you have time in your life is the reason you can't find someone because you're not willing to let someone in Mm mm-hmm yeah. And that could be for a number of reasons. It might be that something's happened in the past. It could be an ex-relationship and that you do need to speak to someone. But I think whether it's a friend, a counsellor, if especially if you're feeling particularly lonely, mm-hmm. I think it is important that you get the, the right help for yourself. Yeah, I agree. And you know, one thing to finish on, because you mentioned it, not everyone has the luxury of having a big circle of friends or even a small circle of friends. And you mentioned journaling there. Mm-hmm. And I have read lots that if you actually don't have someone that you feel comfortable going and talking to about loneliness, journaling is a great way of getting your thoughts down. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something to think about as well. I don't do it, but I do think about it sometimes. And yeah. I've read so many people do it. And just getting it out there can be cathartic on its own. So Yeah, I I have in the past written letters to and I mean that sounds really strange but I've actually no. I've written down how if I could say whether it's to an ex or if it's a particular circumstance I'll actually sit and write how I'm feeling what I want to say to them and actually you write it and you kind of just it kind of sets yeah. you free you've said your piece although you've not said it to them because it's not constructive yeah you've said your piece yeah, yeah and it's it's really it really helps you so I think I don't really know if that is any advice to single people. I Well, it's anyone with loneliness yeah. that's associated with it. Yeah, I guess. And I think the, when you're feeling lonely, you have to remember that, like I said, you're not alone. Yeah. Everyone's there to help. Yeah. But also, everyone at one point feels lonely. Don't yeah. feel that you are a failure because you feel lonely because there's so many people 
That's exactly it. That's the point of this podcast is that everyone feels lonely um, at different times for different reasons, different situations. And I just wanted to bring people together to talk about it. And obviously today you've given us the double side of you've been lonely in the past, you've felt it, but actually you're embracing being alone now. And yeah. that is just an awesome message to give Adele. So honestly, thank you. Well, I thank could you talk to you for me. hours. I, I feel like we didn't even use any of the questions. I know, we here. actually didn't really touch the questions. <laughs> we just blithered and it was awesome. And I hope that people get the same feeling from listening to this. If they listen to it, like our moms will listen to it and hopefully your granny will listen to it. <laughs> I hope my granny doesn't listen to it. She'll be... <laughs> mortified (laughs) i hope people get the good feels from a chat with adele that i have had so thank Thank you you so much much. for having me thank you